some people that you're going to really connect with, lock shields with, and there will be a moment in your future that you'll look back and you'll say, my God, I'm so thankful for that baking group. Because they saved my bacon, right? You know, I mean, God works, and, but it's through relationships. So give these guys a hand as they're, as they're seated. And, and guys, let's get signed up. Let's participate. Amen? Amen. Hey, how many are happy to be in the house of God tonight? Are, are you thankful for what God's doing in your life? Amen. I think God is a great God. He's worthy of a big praise. Come on, let's give it up to Jesus one more time. Amen. Hey, if you're here and uh, you don't own a Bible, if you hold your hand up, our ushers will bring one to you. It's our gift to you. We want to make sure everybody's got a copy of the Word of God. We want to encourage you, get in the Word every single day. Amen. Do you realize you need God's Word? You need God's Word. Before the enemy can defeat you, he has to disarm you. And you know what we've found is that a lot of people, that, that, that they're already, the enemy doesn't have to disarm you. You're already disarmed. Because you, you, you got a Bible on the shelf somewhere and you're hiding $100 bills in it because you know ain't nobody ever going to look in there. you got to get in that word and get that word into you. And then, you're, then you are prepared to disarm the lies of the enemy. Because the enemy will come and he'll tell you lies. And you'll be able to say, well, wait a minute, God's word says this. And, and, and you, can, you can walk a victorious Christian life, but you're going to have to have the word of God. So get in the Word. Hold your Bible up real high. Let's make a confession together. Come on, lift it up. Say, this is my Bible. I am what it says I am. I have what it says I have. Say, I choose to do what it says I can do. Say, I have an open mind. I have a teachable spirit. From this moment forward, say, I'll never be the same. Shout, never, never, never. In Jesus' name. Amen. Give somebody a high five real close. And, and man, I tell you what, I just loving what God's doing in the house. Amen. Aren't you excited about what God's doing in your life? Amen. How about worship this morning? Was that awesome? My God. I, I think we ought to give God a huge praise. Come on. I know we keep doing it, but he's worthy of it. Amen. You know, a lot of times I think what we, we end up uh, kind of falling into a mindset that says, well, you know, if this is what God wants, he'll make it happen. But the reality is, is that we have to have a, a, a mind shift to where we're thinking that if this is what God wants, we better make it happen. You know, because God has equipped you, he has called you, he has anointed you, he has empowered you, and, and it's not to watch him, it's to participate with him. You gotta pray like it depends on God, but you gotta work like it depends on you. Amen. And, and together, you and God can, can anything, all things are possible to Him that believes. But the word believe doesn't mean that, that you sit and think in agreement. The word believe means that you actually get in and, and participate. That you're engaged, that you're, that you're active. And what you gotta understand is that, that God believes in you. Well, what does that mean? That means that when you start moving, He's gonna show up. He's going to start moving too. Come on, somebody. And, and what the enemy wants to do is he, he wants to undermine, you, you know, your confidence. He, he, wants to, he, he wants you to start thinking thoughts that are contrary to the word of God. He wants you thinking, this probably isn't going to work. He wants you thinking, I probably have made too many mistakes to walk in blessing. He wants you thinking that you're, you're, you're so wrong that you couldn't expect God to let healing flow in your body because you're so messed up. I'm telling you, it's just a voice from hell trying to talk you out of the confidence that you're supposed to have in God and in his word 
and in yourself. If you ever get a rhema, you know, uh, the, the, the words for the word of God, you know, logos, that's a written word. Rhema, that's the inspired word of God. It's like God breathed itself. It's, uh, you know, you're, you're reading a scripture. You ever have this happen? You're reading a scripture or you're, or you're, you're just meditating on one and all of a sudden it's like it, it gets its own voice. And, and it just kind of comes up on the inside of you and, and reverberates through your very being. And suddenly you realize, wow. God just spoke his word in my life. And you, you get that, you get to that point, and I'm telling you, your faith level just goes through the roof. You know, Romans 10, 17 says, faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. You, and your spirit, man, man, he hears God's word and, 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 and it just, it just locks in. It's like you, you finally, you, you've got something, you're, you and God are agreeing on it. You know, and, and nothing can take that away from you. You know, my, my father in 1980 had been sent home to die with cancer, and he was sitting in a chair, and, and uh, uh, he was reading Proverbs. He read a chapter of Proverbs every day my entire life, and uh, it was the fourth day of the month, and he was reading, and it said, My son, attend unto my words and hearken to my sayings. Let them not depart from thine eyes, for they are life to those that find them, health and healing to all their flesh. And all of a sudden, that, that came up in his spirit. He, he, he was so weak, he had to reach up and push his head up. He had tubes going up his nose to feed him. He, was, he had been sent home. They'd already done chemo and radiation. They'd taken, you know, they'd tried to save his life they burnt his heart in half he 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 was he was literally sitting in the chair dying but that word all of a sudden came alive inside of him and and he and from that moment forward he just refused to die like no god's word is life health and healing and it changed everything and he had a confidence that if you said well you know well if it's god's will you know he was an ex-prize fighter uh he, he just beat the tar out of you you know, because he had a confidence that, that shifted. And I'm telling you, you know, he lived another 20 years after he's supposed to be dead. And, and why? Well, because of a confidence that came from a revelation that, that God birthed in his heart. You know, God wants you to have a revelation and, and, and that will change you, that will bring transformation in your very being. And Hebrews 10, uh, I want you to see this one, uh, verse 35. It says, don't throw away your confidence. It will be richly rewarded. Don't throw away your confidence. Come on, that's what the enemy's wanting you to do. He's wanting you to, 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 you know, to let go of that confidence and get talked out of what God just talked you into. And, and, and it says, it, or your confidence, will be richly rewarded. Look at your neighbor and say, Confidence will be richly rewarded. Come on, say it. Confidence will be richly rewarded. Some of you guys are saying that with absolutely no confidence at all. You, you, you know, no, you got you got to get this thing in you. Come on, get fired up a little bit. Yeah, I know what you're thinking. You're thinking, wow, we just had all of that stuff, and now he's actually going to preach for an hour. Give me, give me like seven minutes, okay? Check it out. Uh, I, I just want to give you, I was kind of, you know, I was thinking that I probably should teach on, uh, on relationships and, you know, and, and promote and grow group. Uh, but God said, no, I, I want you to talk about this confidence thing. I want to drop this into your spirit. So I'm going to give you, uh, uh, you know, uh, just three quick points on this that can change your life. But, uh, you know, here's, the, here's how I want you to see confidence as we're talking today. That is being positive about your life and what you can do and not worrying about what you can't do. I want you to learn to be positive about your life and what you can do and stop worrying 
about what you can't do. There's a lot of stuff that ends up, you know, kind of robbing our focus, but it's things that we couldn't possibly do anything about. And, you know, if you don't have the ability to respond to a situation or a circumstance, in, in other words, if you don't have the ability to change it, if, if you don't have the ability to, to make a difference there, if you don't have the ability to respond, then it must not be your response ability. Then why lay around thinking on that? You know, hey, I, I need to be confident about the things in my life that I can do. And stop worrying about what I can't. Hello, somebody. Because the first thing you need to know, and I hope you write this down because the CDs went so quickly last night that we're charging ninety nine ninety five today for them. Uh, uh, the, okay, number one, life is better when confidence is bigger. Okay, your life is better... When your confidence is bigger. Confidence is going to do more than make you feel better. It's actually going to make your life better. You need to decide right here, right now, I'm going to be the most confident person I possibly can be. I'm going to learn confidence. I'm going to grow confidence. I'm going to build confidence. I'm going to develop confidence. I'm going to do everything I can. Because confidence just doesn't make me feel better. It actually makes my life better. I want you to be confident. There's a lot of people walking around, well, uh, this is just mind over matter. This is just a hype thing. Baloney. If you can build some confidence, I'm telling you, you're not just going to feel better. As a matter of fact, you just, you're just trying to make us feel good. There are not enough words in the English dictionary to describe to you how much I don't care about how you feel. I never. Your feelings are not going to move me. What I care about is how you live. I want you living strong, powerful, hell-humiliating life. I don't want you getting beat up from the street up Monday through Friday. I want you going out and demonstrating Satan's defeat. But you're never going to be able to pull that off if you don't have confidence. Hello, somebody. Things happen in life that cause your confidence to waver. It happens to everybody. And that's what the writer of Hebrews is trying to address. Don't. Throw away your confidence. Don't let go. If, if, if the enemy steals everything else, don't let him have your confidence. But we all deal with stuff. You, you get a bad uh, report from the doctor and he tells you, hmm, I don't even think that's treatable. You know, uh, you get bad news. Your job isn't going to continue. It, you find out that your spouse has done the worst thing possible and betrayed you. During times when your confidence is tested, uncertainty enters our mind and discouragement comes. And most of us can remember a moment or two and we know what that feels like. But God's word says, don't throw it all away now. Hang on to your confidence. If you're, you know, confidence keeps you walking on a path. And what happens is, uh, you, you know, you, you start to feel persuaded to lose that. And, and it's another voice trying to take you down a different path so that you'll not be in the place that God's trying to lead you. And the voice of uncertainty is not the voice you want to build your life on. You hear that voice say, oh, come on, just admit it. You know, this isn't really going to work for you. I mean, you might as well tell the world how you really feel. Stop saying that God's in control. God's not watching over your life. You've made so many mistakes. Come on. You're little stuff to God. You're talking about God has a plan for your life. Give me a break. 
Just stay away from those people. Don't get up next to faith people. They're crazy. Why are y'all looking at me like that? Here's the deal. God's word says, hold on to your confidence right now. Because that other voice is trying to take you down a different path. And he's going, to, he's going to separate you from what God's trying to produce in your life. Confidence will create a different outcome. And it will create a rich reward. Your life will be better when your confidence is bigger. The second thing I want to tell you is that confidence maintained in your mind produces rich rewards in your life. If you can, if you can grow some confidence in your mind, your relationships are going to be better. You're going to end up with a better job, with better health. You'll have a better prayer life. Come on, guys. You know, you'll have, you know, uh, she quoted a verse, the, the, you know, the fervent effectual prayer of a righteous man availeth much. But, you know, it, it, when your confidence is broken, people start praying crazy prayers. God! <laughs> I hate my life. Why'd you do this to me? After all I've done for you. You're talking to the guy who sent his son to die for you. And you feel like your $17 offering has put you on the same level. Love my neighbor. Do you see who moved in? Kill him, Jesus. Take him out of here because their dog barks. That's not a real effective prayer life right there. Help us, God. We're not going to make it. There's no faith in that prayer. Some of you are going, oh, my God, he's been in my prayer closet. No, I just know, I just know people. But, you know, if you have some confidence and you're facing the same situation, the same situation, your prayer life is different. Because, you know, wait a minute. I know that because of God, I have strength for all things. I'm ready for an equal to anything that comes my way through Christ who's infusing me with an inner strength. Now, I know this situation kind of sucks, but the reality is, is that God causes all things to work together for my good. So God, today, I'm just thanking you that you are on my side, that you are for me and not against me, and I'm the head and not the tail. So Lord, I know that my final outcome is going to be better than my current condition, so today, I just praise you. All of a sudden, your prayer life is effective. Because why? Because you got some confidence. Well, am I supposed to have confidence in myself or in God? Both. That's a dichotomy. No, it's a dumb dichotomy. We put our confidence in God. We're not to have any confidence in ourselves because we're humble. That is not what humility is. That's what ignorance is. If you don't have confidence, you're going to be defeated. I said, you're going to be defeated. And I don't have confidence in myself separating from God. But because of my confidence in God, it produces a confidence in myself. Because I know that I am fearfully and wonderfully made. That he has equipped me. That he has called me. That he had a dream about my future. And he saw where I fit. And he started shaping me to fit into the very place that he was going to put me. And not only did he shape me and form me, but he equipped me. He, he sanctified me. He gave me stuff that he didn't give other people. 
He made me different from everybody else. And then he ordained me or he empowered me to actually fulfill the dream that he had about the future when he saw me in it. So all of a sudden, because of who God is and because of what God's done, I have confidence because God had confidence in me. I'm not going under, I'm going over, and I ain't looking back. I've got confidence in the fact that God has called me. I'm confident in the fact that God has anointed my life. I'm confident in the fact that God is not going to let go of me. I'm confident in the fact that he's not going to wander off. Look at your neighbor and say, you need to develop your confidence in God. You know, in First Kings, I think it is Elijah is... Uh, pretty discouraged he's sitting in a cave he's exhausted and upset and he's actually telling God how sick and tired he is uh, uh, and how, of how his life's going and God speaks back to him and basically God says are, are you done now get up let's go to work you finished and just a couple of scriptures later thank God that Elijah at that moment does what God says a couple of a couple of scriptures later Elisha shows up. You do realize that your, that your breakthrough is just a couple steps of obedience away from you. You, you know what's funny is uh, a police officer enters the room and all of you guys are looking at him like you're nervous. So if, if you need to talk to him today before we deal with you, you better get on it. Your confidence is shaken. Oh, my God, the cops, the cops are here. The cops are here. He's not sure which door to run out. How about the one you ran in? Okay, come on. You know, we, we got God looking at us saying, come on, get up and get on with the call I put on your life. Hello, somebody. Because right beyond your greatest discouragement is another place of victory. Now, don't, don't let go of your confidence now. Yeah, but look at how things are going. Well, of course, you know, if, if, if you are on a mission from God, then you have to anticipate opposition. So when opposition comes, that's not the moment to let go of your confidence. That's the moment to stand in that confidence. Realizing that, hey, not only do I recognize what God's called me to, so does hell. So does the enemy. So there's opposition. That's not a bad thing. That's a good thing. Hello, somebody. And, and you know, even Jesus, you know, think about it. He, there was a moment when he was praying, hey, Dad, I don't like the looks of this. Would you mind changing the script? But even then, God doesn't just, God, in any of the cases, all through the Bible, Old Testament, New Testament, all the way through, you know, you hear people that are challenged in this arena, but God never stoops down and, and pats them on the head and says, oh, it's so hard on you. Let's just sit here for, oh, your, your hair's soft back there and crunchy up here. You, you, in every situation, God just looks at them and he never stoops to that level. It's always says, come on. I know the end. I declared it at the beginning. Don't, don't stay in that spot. Don't, don't stay in that spot. Move yourself back to a place of confidence. Hello, somebody. And the third thing, real quick, check it out. Your confidence impacts your final outcome. Look at Numbers chapter 13. Start at verse 30. Caleb silenced the people. He said, we should go up and take possession of the land. We can certainly do it. Look at what he said. We should go up and get it because we can do it. But the men, verse 31, who had gone up with him said, we can't attack those people. They are stronger than we are. And they spread amongst the Israelites bad report about the land that they had explored. They said the land we explored devours those that are living in it. 
The people we saw, they're, they're bigger than we are. We saw giants in the land. We seemed like grasshoppers in our own eyes, and we looked the same to them. Now, let me just, let me just pull this together real quick. Both parties, same situation. Both parties lived out their vision. The guys who said we can't do it, they didn't do it. The guys that said we can, they moved in and possessed the land. Matter of fact, all they had to wait for was the guys who said we can't, they just had to wait for them to die. So you kind of wonder if your family has to wait for you to die before they can walk into victory. Hello? Your kids got to wait for you to get out of the way before they can actually live God life? Somebody got to wait for you to pass away before they can be a first chair believer? Some of y'all need to be called on the carpet. Because the way you act in certain situations and the way you talk and the way that you think and the way, the way that you undermine what God's trying to do. Sad to think that God's got to take you, a good-hearted believer, and get you out of the way before your family can really know God life. Because you have authority, because you have position, because you have influence, but you're just not smart enough. And you say, well, I'm just not strong enough. It's a choice. Ephesians 6 says, finally, brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. That's not a suggestion. That's a commandment. If strength is a commandment, then weakness is a sin. I don't think that we want to be the people that everybody else is waiting for our demise so they can have their victory. Same situation, just two different perspectives. Can I tell you something? That God has called you to great things. He's equipped you for great things. As, as a body of believers, we're going to do some great things. God is doing some great, great things. And I got to tell you something, that, that there have been those that we thought would be with us to the end, but we had to wait for them to be removed before we could move on to what God called us to. It's weird. I'm telling you, it's just weird. You, you have no idea how many people said, you, you can't do what you're saying you're going to do. I, I look back just over the last... 90 days, we've had over 100 salvations. We've baptized over 50 people. You look at what God's doing. What do you mean we can't do? Come on, give God praise. What do you mean we can't do what God's called us to do? My confidence is big because my God is bigger. I want you to close your book and bow your head for just